Coming to you from San Mateo, California, this is Stories from the Sales Floor, the podcast that connects you with crushers of quotas, barons of the bottom line, and revenue-generating royalty. Here are your hosts, Ben Sardella, co-founder and CRO at Datanize, and Brandon Redlinger, head of growth at Persist IQ. Welcome to today's show. I am Brandon Redlinger. And I am Ben Sardella. <laughs> and we got a great show today, but a little warning, uh, it, it's got a lot of hostility in this episode. Things get a little heated. Yeah, the uh, Dorchester in me is about to come out. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, so we, we asked our guests to recall our time that they just absolutely lost it with a, a customer or a prospect. So, Ben, I can't imagine that's ever happened with you. Have you ever lost it with a customer? You know... In this case, uh, <clears throat> indirectly, I lost it with a customer <laughs> and uh, got called out for it. So what happened was uh, there was a very, uh, let's just call it high maintenance prospect that we were dealing with at one point in time. Not here at Data Naz. This was uh, one of my first management jobs in sales. And the rep brought an email to me and just outlined the uh, the situation, uh, what the customer was asking for and that sort of thing. And uh, and then we went back and forth a lot and then we negotiated and then we came back. We had gotten on the phone with them and then we, we were told we had an agreement and then they pushed back again and it just got to my breaking point. And I basically emailed the rep and I, you know, and I said, and, in um, pretty clear words, you know, fuck these guys. I don't even <laughs> want their business anymore. You know, if we have to deal with them in like this in the sales process, what are they going to look like as a customer that we're going to have to support, right? Which was an internal message to my salesperson. Not appropriate. Not the way I think about my prospects, obviously, all the time. But this was th- there was a lot of there's a lot of backstory here that I'm not diving too deep into. And um, so my rep ended up sending an email to the customer, letting them know that you know we were at our the end of our negotiation line, and we weren't going to you know pursue working with them any further if they weren't able to accept the final terms that we had sent along. The unfortunate part was though that they had my email that I had sent them underneath that email so they basically took my email for whatever reason hit forward to add on the prospect's name and then just started typing not thinking that of the repercussions and so the prospect clearly wasn't uh gonna do business with us after they saw my my email (laughs) to the to the client so you know good lesson there just remember uh to always you know always whatever you write down just assume it's going to be seen uh, you got to be careful with those things. We, you know, internal messages are meant for that purpose, right? But it still doesn't mean that you shouldn't remain as professional as you can. Probably didn't set a good example. Again, my early days. Uh, so yeah, so that's that's my story. Uh, so didn't indirect, didn't directly lose it with a client, but indirectly I did. Dig. I think we all have those yep. email moments, right, yep. where it's like <laughs> sent it to the wrong person or just like that. Exactly. So. 
Well, so some of our sales influence here, they were able to take the high road uh, in the heat of the moment, but then blow up on the drive home while others just open the floodgates of fury right there and then on their on their prospects <laughs> so or customers. Yeah, yeah. So let's, let's dive right in with our first guest, Rob Jepson, and he's former SVP and general manager over at HireVue. And um, actually since then has started Xvoyant, and that's X-V-O-Y-A-N-T, which provides technology and services to help sales leaders remove the guesswork and, and create a more predictable, sustainable uh, revenue stream through coaching. And Rob admits he's an emotional person. He made the mistake of trying to be best friends with a prospect, expecting it to get the sale. And then when he didn't, he lost it on him. So take a listen. Embarrassingly, yes. That All right. <laughs> yes. So many it's people emba- are like, no, never. This never happened. Yeah, I know, right? Like, it's like, bullshit. Oh, bro. bro, I'm an emotional dude. Okay? I really care about what I do. I give a damn. You know, and, and, and winning matters, you know, and. And yeah, it's true. I, it, I make sometimes you make the mistake of thinking that if you just become really good friends with someone, then you'll get the business. I'm sure you've heard that, right? I mean, oh, if yeah, I get them to course, like me, they'll yeah. buy from me. Yeah, they all things being the same, they would rather buy from someone they like. But the best sales strategy isn't become friends with them, and that's just not the best sales strategy. There's too many times that you become what I call professional friends. And they'll do everything. They'll go golfing. They'll go to the basketball game. They'll go to the dinner event. They'll do dang near everything except for what? Buy from you. And so <clears throat> I'm thinking of a time about 12 years ago when I had a lot of pressure for this business, this line of business that I was the, the manager for. And we had a large deal with a large client. And I had invested a ton of personal time with this guy, Dave Forsberg. And, um, and we had become what I considered really good friends. And I remember coming back saying, okay, he and I are buddies now, you know, we're at the personal level. We're talking about things way outside of business. He's telling me everything. You're going to get the deal. You're going to get the deal. You're going to get the deal. And we get into the end of the quarter, the end of the quarter, the end of the quarter. We're, we're now in the last week of the quarter. And he'd been stringing me along saying, yeah, yeah, I think we can do it. Don't worry. We're buddies. I can make this happen. I ended up hopping, uh, uh, and showing up in his office. I, I traveled to his office, went there, and I sat down. And it was one of those times that you've probably heard, I'm just going to show up and I'm not going to leave without a, a deal. You've probably heard that one before, right? Of course. Yep. So I decided I'm going to make that move. I make it to us. I'm unannounced. I don't have a meeting. I'm sitting in, the, in their lobby. They call in and say, Dave, Rob Jepson's here to see you. And uh, he, he says, I'm busy. And finally, I'm like, oh, I'm not leaving so he finally calls me. I'm like, dude, you know that our quarter's coming up. We have to get this done. What do I have to do to get this contract signed right here? Push the contract across the table at him. And he looks at me and he goes, Rob, I can't sign it. And I looked at him and I just totally lost it. I mean, I started having my decibels get louder and louder and louder and saying, you know, you told me we were going to do this. I can't believe this. You have no idea how much pressure on. And his voice is matching my voice. It's getting louder and louder and faster and faster. And we're going to this place that you should never go to with anybody that you ever want to do business with. And I remember leaning across the table, putting one hand on the table and pointing at him saying, you son of a bitch, you told me that we're going to get this done. Okay. And he just looked at me and he said, because I'd mentioned, I said that, you know, I got so much pressure from our CEO to get get this done. You can't do this to me. You cannot do this to me. Not after all this time. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, Rob, your problem with your CEO is your problem and not my problem. 
I advise you figure out a way to solve that problem in a way that doesn't include me. Hmm. I, was like, I was like, ooh. And so, I, you know, I see a lot of salespeople that think that that's another good straight sales strategy. Say, hey, you know, I really need your help getting this done. I got a lot. I, I learned don't ever transfer internal pressures to a customer because all it tells a customer is you don't know how to handle your shit. And up next, we have Pete Kazanji. And if if you don't remember what Pete does, you haven't been listening to this podcast enough because he's he's been on quite a few times, but he's the founder of Modern Sales Salon and founded Talent Ben, which got uh, bought by Monster. And Pete hates when his reps get bullied by prospects. So when he overheard it happening to one of his young reps, he stepped in and kicked ass. So here's Pete. I think the probably the time when I like absolutely lost it, um, was when I was, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's related to kind of like mutual respect of like, of reps and prospects. And I always instruct my reps to be, you know, super respectful, super empathetic, uh, to, you know, to, to the prospect. But at the same time, you know, like they're a professional as well. And if they're not being respected and their and their time is not being respected or they're like, you know, someone's, you know, wasting their time, um, then they need to be mindful of that and, and just, you know, close out the opportunity. But in this case, um, it was just, there was a prospect who was just in clearly enjoying just like torturing this rep. And I was, li- again, I was on the sales floor and I was listening to one side of this conversation because the rep was a couple rows over fr- from me. And it was like super clear what was like, like clearly he was distressed. And so like I barged the call and started listening in and like the, the prospect was just being an asshole to the, to the, uh, to the rep. And, you know, I, so I started kind of like coaching up the rep, you know, dropping, um, dropping posted notes on his, uh, on his desk. And at a certain point I was just kind of like, you know what? This person is just like having fun, like, you know, beating up on a 24 year old and I'm not going to stand for it. And so I barged the call and I was just like, look, we're not going to do business with you because you're not being respectful of my rep who, you, you know, you're highly qualified. He's talking to you for the right reason. Um, and, you know, predicated on all this information that we've observed in the world and, and what you guys have already talked about. And, you know, this conversation is over. Click. Um, and so, you know, it probably was a revenue, you know, obviously it was a short-term revenue hit um, because like we were a good fit for the company. But the, I think the flip side, though, was that it was important for my reps to understand that they need to respect themselves. Um, and as one of my, you know, one of my earliest reps, Brad Snyder, um, liked to say, you know, they need to spend good time with good opportunities um, because the world is, especially in early stage um, enterprise sales, the world is full of great opportunities. And if this one is a crappy one, and like they're not going to get across the line, there's you know there's a thousand others that you can go after. And so you need to make sure that you're spending time with highly qualified, high, highly qualified opportunities. And part of that qualification is whether or not they're like you know they're just being a dick to you, or they're actually going to be a partner that's going to help you know work towards uh, solving their business their business pain. So taking that as an opportunity to characterize that to the rest of my reps, I think was, um, you know, worth the, the instantaneous kind of like, all right, we're done with you, sir. Click. Moving on, we've got Max Menke, founding partner over at GrowthX with Sean Shepard, a venture capital firm and leading market development accelerator. 
Yeah, and Max was cold calling in, in Shanghai and got a hold of a really hot-headed prospect who took all of his anger out on Max, and Max just gave it right back. And knowing Max, he, he can definitely give it back. <laughs> and that could have been the end of the story here, but Max felt bad afterwards, so he emailed the prospect and apologized, and let, that ended up leading to a bunch of new opportunities. Um, this was a really good moment, um, and I'm so thankful that this sort of blow-up moment happened. You know, I was cold calling some people, and when I'm doing cold calling, back in Shanghai, I mean, it was, you call somebody and they're Russian, you call somebody and they're Chinese, you call somebody and they're Italian. I mean, you really never know who you're going to get. And on this particular occasion, I called a Russian guy, and this is maybe the third or fourth time I've called him that week, because um, he's a hot lead and, and I'm just, you know, being persistent. Uh, and he just teased off on me. And so I go, you know, that's okay. That's fine. You know, I'll just try and give you a call back later. And I send him a follow-up email just saying, hey, appreciate your time today. I understand I'm being a little too persistent. Um, I'll follow up with you, you know, in a couple of weeks. And he just sent the nastiest email back at me saying things that I definitely shouldn't ever, you know, repeat over the air. And, uh, and then I went right back at him. Um, and, you know, just one of those moments where you're struggling about five people had actually from my company had quit that week. Um, and it was just a long week. And it was, by the way, it was the hottest summer in Shanghai history. Um, so, you know, wearing a suit and tie in about 90, no, 104 degree heat um, just doesn't make you feel too good. <laughs> it irritates you. And, and so went back off at him. And, you know, then he said he was going to report me to my boss and all that stuff. And I'd actually already seen someone get fired for that. Um, earlier in the year and I was just going, God, I just, you know, I lost it and that's not good and get sat on it for a day. And I just came back the next day and I wrote him an email just saying, you know, apologizing, saying it wasn't him. It was me. I, you know, this job gets me sometimes things like that. Um, and sure enough, the guy wrote me back and said the exact same thing. He just said, I'd been super stressed out at work lately. I was looking for someone to vent on. Um, let's meet tomorrow. And he came over and he totally wasn't a fit at all for what I was selling, but I got him in there and then I ended up getting a bunch of referrals from him. And the moral of the story, what I learned was, um, you know, I send a lot of email campaigns. Uh, I've probably sent close to a million emails, um, in my life and through email campaigns. And I've learned that when someone blows up either on the phone or through email, the best thing to do is just apologize and not take it personally because almost every time I've done that, people come back and just go, you know, I lost my cool. How can I be helpful to you? Um, <laughs> and it served me really well. I mean, you don't you take those blow-ups and you just recognize that somebody's just looking for an excuse to rip into another salesman. But when that's when you come back to them and you know, you say, Hey, I'm a professional too, and I'm doing my job and I didn't mean to upset you. Um, more often than not, you know, their their humanity comes back in and and they go, you know, I'm sorry. What's what's your pitch? I'll, I'll listen. I didn't mean to do that. So the moral of the story here is, you know, chances are if you're in the middle of a business deal and out of nowhere, someone's just being a total asshole, uh, likelihood is there's something going on in their lives. It may be best to either pause the meeting or uh, circle back around with them on another day and just see, is this just how this person is, or maybe they were just having a really bad day, something going on in their personal lives, and then trying to salvage the 
relationship and you know and building off of it from there yeah exactly we can never predict and we can never know what is going on outside of work so definitely don't don't take it personal yep um, and moving on next we have jordan juan founder and ceo over at closer iq and jordan uh, can keep his cool even when he feels like he's been jerked around a lot but when that happens, he doesn't blow up on the person, he blows up the deal. Yeah, and I think, you know, the, it's always a balance with, with the prospect-client relationship. On one end, you know, you, you're obviously, you want their business, you want them to work with you. On the other hand, it needs to be a mutual respect kind of situation where they value your time, they value the, the resources and the effort that you put in. And, um, you know, I won't be specific um, because this has happened a couple times, but, you know, I've definitely had prospects in the past um, where you spend a lot of time helping them, pro- providing value with the mindset that eventually the value will convert into some type of relationship, even if it's a meaningful conversation or a meaningful path, uh, a defined path on, on, on doing business. Um, but, you know, I have had definitely had customers where they sort of string along the conversation, don't give you a clear yes or no. Um, you handle your objections and the put-offs and you kind of do everything you can to progress the deal forward but for whatever reason it just seems like they're window shopping or they're just not taking you seriously and just asking you for you know additional proposals or additional time um and in those type of situations um you know the way i've always handled it is is to just be real with people i mean i think that buyer and seller relationship can be very unhealthy when when that's sort of the traditional nature, but when you can level with someone, just say, hey, like, what are we doing here, right? Like, you know, I, I want to help you succeed as a business. I'll do whatever I can to support you, but you got to be real with me here. Is this something that you guys are genuinely interested in? And, and what I do here is like, I call it blow up the deal. What I mean by that is take the person on an emotional roller coaster, meaning you guys have had this very passive, very superficial buyer-seller relationship for a while. It's time to get real and it's time to blow it up in the sense that like force force there to be a hey, you know what, I am really interested, let's talk, let's get serious about doing some business together, or you know what, you're right, I'm really not that interested, I am wasting your time, you should move on. And when you blow up a deal, it forces the prospect to really think about where you stand, and sometimes it is an emotional conversation, it is one that is a tough conversation, but I'm, I'm, I would actually say that every time I've tried this with a prospect, it's always worked out for the better, whether the better means you, you do end up getting into a more serious part of the funnel or you just get, you know, thrown out because that's not what they wanted. They, they finally come to terms with that. But I would say that's kind of the biggest, you know, thing that, that happens again and again that, that I try to push for. I actually embrace the whole um, the blow up technique. Yeah, I can I can relate with Jordan and I tend to really keep my uh, keep my cool. I've really never lost it with a prospect. But I remember I do remember this one time. This lady, she was the CEO, she was the, the financial buyer in the deal. And she had just, we had just signed the contract and I was just getting her set up with what should have taken, you know, five minutes at the most uh, to get her set up so that then I could get the rest of her team on board. And um, I told her, all right, great, let's, let's open up a new browser. What browser are you using? And she's like, I, I'm, I'm on a Toshiba laptop. I was like, no, 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 what? What browser are you using? She's like, oh, okay, I'm on Google.com. I was like, fuck. 
Uh, it was just gonna be one of those calls, and I should have seen it coming too, because when she originally signed up for us, she was using an AOL.com email. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just one of those Warning things. Sign. Warning yeah, well, exactly, sign. I should have known right away. <laughs> and like this just went on and on, and it took, it took like 10 minutes just to get her to open up Firefox. And um, I already knew that her, her IT company had installed Firefox because, I mean, Internet Explorer. This was a few years ago, and it, it was just terrible. And I finally got her to open up Firefox and got her to go to the, the right web page and actually sign it. It just took 90 minutes, what should have taken five or 10 minutes at the most. And, you know, she was really nice about it, too. And she's like, I'm so sorry, Brandon, to take up so much of your time. She could tell I was, like, just getting impatient. And um, she was, again, super sweet about it, but still just did not know a single thing about technology. And at the end of the call, um, she like thanked me again, and I had my headset on, and I and I hung up, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And she's like, "What?" And I, it turns out I didn't actually hang up the phone. I was uh, like, "Oh fuck! Yeah. Oh, what do I do?" <laughs> and then I just hung up on her. Oh, no. So that that was that was slightly embarrassing, um, but that was the closest I've ever lost it with a prospect. And then finally, we have. Mary Lou Tyler, and she's the co-author of Predictable Revenue and CEO and founder over at Strategic Pipeline. And she also has a new book coming out, I think, uh, later in the year, probably November-ish. So definitely check that out, uh, Predictable Prospecting. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Mary Lou really doesn't take shit from people. That starts to happen. Her go-to response is, we're done. So take a listen. Uh, do I have to name the client? But yes. <laughs> you, you don't have to. No, you don't have to. Unless it was back in the 90s and then you're good. Yeah. Who cares? Uh, no. Yeah. There was a client who's still around who is out of Boston, um, whereby there was a lot of infighting and a lot of, uh, I don't know how you say this, but pe- political. They were very politically oriented inside the company to the point where I, out of nowhere, became the scapegoat for this one piece of the project. And so I had never even interfaced with the people uh, who were, I guess, lodging the complaint. And it was it was a call center application again. And it was basically they lodged the complaint that their leads were uh, suboptimal. And it was a database issue. And I was more of a... Uh, I was more working on the actual scripting side of the thing. So it really wasn't even in my jurisdiction because we had multiple vendors doing multiple things because they're large, large projects. But I just went in, I went into the office and I read that letter and I'm like, you know what, this is just such bullshit. And I can't even believe that I'm in, I'm involved in this. So I just tendered my resignation right then and there saying, I want nothing to do with you people. If this is how you're going to treat vendors and if this is how you're going to work with people. And I had been there at the time almost four years now working on a project. And I just said, no, we're done. That's one instance. The other instance was when I went in with uh, Deloitte on a client, uh, walked into the meeting. The client immediately started getting really nasty. So I had my notebook opened up. I closed up my notebook and I said, we're done. And I walked out of the meeting. It was just nasty when they, you know, now, now I am really, I really love my clients. I can say that because they are all the clients that I attract and the the ones that I work with are all of high integrity. 
high passion. Sure, we get into little knockdown drag outs every once in a while about stuff, but it's with love. And so those are the kinds of clients that that keep you going. The ones that I mentioned to you, those two, should have never been in, in, in there in the first place. Sometimes you just go in thinking it's going to get better and you're just naive or stupid and it's not going to get better. Uh, so with that second one, as soon as I went into that meeting, I knew, I just knew right then that no, this is not going to work. All right. That is another show. Ben, I think that was, a, that was a pretty good one. I think we didn't lose it too much. No, it was pretty tame. Yeah. Yeah. Overall. I don't know. We maybe. should lose it on each other at some point. I'm sure people <laughs> are waiting for that. <laughs> yeah, but that, that is our show for today. Thank you so much for listening to Stories from the Sales Floor. And uh, another thanks to our guests, Rob Jepson, Pete Kazanji, Max Menke, Jordan Wan, and Mary Lou Tyler. Follow us on Twitter at SFTSF Podcast. And for more content and info on how to connect with our guests, head over to salesfloorstories.com. Also, check out our services. Visit datanize.com to find the perfect prospects at the right time. And to be more effective at following up with those prospects, check out PersistIQ.com. I'm Brandon Redlinger. And I'm Ben Sardella. We'll see you next time on Stories from the Sales Floor. And don't forget, share my shit.